magic, murder, problematic misogynistic undertones? Join us as we delve into one of Britain's best-loved TV shows. So grab your duffel coat, don your curly wig, and dig up that 90s character actor as we welcome you to Podcast Macabre, the Jonathan Creek Podcast. Hello and welcome back to Jonathan Creek. What's that? Uh, well, it's not Jonathan Creek, actually. It's, it's Podcast Macabre. If, if Jonathan Creek was the... Yeah, yeah, it's true. It should be. Yeah, but, yeah. but you know, we we call this the Jonathan Creek podcast rather than the Any Requests podcast. That's the point I was making. Absolutely, you should do the introduction every week. <laughs> so I hope everyone's uh, had a uh, pleasant uh, enough week, um, as can be expected in these trying times. Yeah, um, uh, we uh, have, of course, uh, season four, episode five of Jonathan Creek to bring you. Today, the checkered box. Um, just a quick shout out to those of you, as do every week, who uh, engage with us on social media. Had some yeah. lovely comments. Um, a special thanks to the person that commented on the Seer of the Sands, uh, asking me to WhatsApp them, uh, WhatsApp them, so I could uh, earn thirty-seven thousand dollars in fifteen minutes. That's that really was a, lovely. A lovely heartfelt. Like it's nice when you communicate with us and we communicate with you. There's a bit of a dialogue going mm. on there. Exactly. It keeps us all connected in this time. Absolutely. So um, just... And also, you are now quite wealthy. Yeah, you? no, yeah. So, yeah, I did it. Um, obviously, gave all my bank details yeah. and everything. And uh, not heard back yet. But, you know, these things take time. But you so, should uh, be 37 hopefully. grand richer. Yeah, yeah. Eventually. Such a specific amount. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah, always really, really nice. Um, and also, uh, to those who listen to our um, Any Requests uh uh, podcasters or any thoughts you have on um, the films of Benson and Moorhead yeah. be more than happy to uh, to engage with you on that so we've got, this is 2004 this episode, The Checkered yeah. Box yeah, the final appearance of Lord Adrian Edmondson it is, and I find that kind of, when I, I read I looked that up um, beforehand and I thought oh this is cool, and then we watched the episode again mm. and then I'm really underwhelmed this is his exit from the series yeah, although I would say it feels like he's in this episode a lot like yeah more than usual i mean more than is necessary like, and, and more, more than is right there's really. a scene that we'll come to that's yeah. just to him by himself yeah. Yeah. which is and it's not needed so i was like is that like a like a goodbye like and if it is wow um but yeah so yeah we'll get into it i did say last week that i remembered this episode being a good one i think it's one of the stronger ones in terms of it's a fairly tight plot, kind of you know, it's a, it's a good mystery. I totally agree. I think it's I think it's a really solid one. It's obviously it's got its problems because it's Jonathan Creek, <laughs> but it's a lot tighter, and there is some really good acting in it. Uh, yeah, uh, Colin McFarlane, who uh, is sort of the 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 lead of the episode, if you yeah. like, outside of our main protagonists, um, Inspector Fell. Um, is it's a fantastic. Um, uh, yeah, he's kind of. I mean, he's he's been a, a, around a long time. He's been in loads of stuff. Uh, a character actor. Um, works from in America now, but he was in Batman Begins and the Dark Knight, and he's done quite a few Hollywood things. Some big big movies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's yeah, it's just fantastic performance in this. I mean, he's, a, he's goes... actually trying, which yeah. makes a change. He's uh, made something of the part and made mm. something of the lines. Um. Yeah, it's, I, I like the start of this episode. It's, again, like uh, the last few episodes in this series. It's mm-hmm. the classic Jonathan Creek credits that you remember. Straight into the credits. Which I really like. 
um, classic. And then we have an opening. It's a on... very sitcom opening, isn't it? It's a very episode yeah. of a 90s sitcom opening. It, it, it is. It's a bit men behaving badly yeah. kind of thing. But we, we do have an opening of London's Skyline in mm. 2004. And as we all know about London's skyline it is covered with cranes yeah and I was reminded of a conversation that uh, you and I have had with uh, a friend of ours Josh who also listens to this podcast yeah. quite a lot um, and you went back through history and, and were looking for a time when London's skyline wasn't dominated by cranes it's a question that Josh is is so obsessed with yeah um, his girlfriend Alex uh, at one point some years ago we were having a conversation and she kind of came in on the tail end of it and she went Oh, God, he's not talking about the cranes again, is he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a problem. It, yeah. Um, um, he, yeah, he's fascinated by when a period of time yeah. was where there would have been no cranes uh, on the London skyline. But even back in you know, Shakespearean times, there were still different forms of like wooden crane things and yeah. winches and stuff. I mean, I did try and research it and it was pretty fruitless, as you can imagine. Yeah. It's a very specific. Thing. And then you probably remembered that you had other stuff to do and like a job or, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, that was a interesting kind of classic uh, setup. And I thought, why are you kind of looking at this skyline? But of course, it's to uh, kind of set up the fact that outside Carla and Brendan's house yeah. uh, in London, there is work being done outside. Yeah. There's some workmen and there's a, a portaloo that's been yeah an easy lav. Yeah, you know, like one of those ones uh, that you see at like the Edinburgh Fringe, and the like, like yeah. it's not just a single porter cabin; it's like a, a, a whole yeah. like urinal, presumably um, for the neighbourhood. Yeah, to and use, cubicles yeah. Uh, in a in a big box. And uh, Carla's uh, having a little chat with uh, husband Brendan, and says, "Oh, I've, have I got to go out and use that monstrosity?" So she does. She goes out and she gets heckled by yeah. workmen. Um, also in that conversation, Brendan. Um, is excited because he says that a, a video a video that was done for a colonoscopy has won an award yeah and she says really uh, as you would because yeah. it's a weird thing to say and he says well as good as and then goes on to explain how in no way shape or form has <laughs> it won an award yeah it's going to be in some sort of medical journal so, well, it's, yeah. that's not an award it's yeah it's not a thing but he's very excited um and I think it's to highlight, trying to highlight the fact that he's a competitive man. Yeah. Um, and it also, I think, I think it's kind of like an attempt at consistency and continuity in the sense that he says, do you remember that colonoscopy I had a month ago? And a few episodes ago, he was talking, I think it was the end of the last series or beginning of this series, mm -hmm. uh, a couple of episodes ago anyway, he was saying that he had uh, a test done for a prostate examination um, and that he was waiting for results back from that. And Carla thinks he's talking about that and gets upset, but actually he's talking about uh, uh, focus group results. And I think this is that test, isn't it? So I've made up a little uh, play in my head. Yeah. Um, because this isn't the only time we'll talk about. That. There are a couple of other moments in this episode that are callbacks yeah. to earlier things. Yeah. And so I've decided that what's happened is that David Rennick like, was like, having an interview and the interviewer said something about Jonathan Creek being kind of episodic in structure and kind of being each episode standalone. Mm -hmm. And he went, "What? Well, no, no, it's not. It's a whole, there's a whole arc to the whole show. And then got so angry that someone suggested there wasn't. 
that he worked really hard in this episode to try and get in as many callbacks to previous things <laughs> yeah. as he could manage. Because like by like the third or fourth one, I was like, it, it is mentioning a previous things. things. Like there's a mention of Judge Sweetland, which yeah. I can't even remember which episode that's from. I think maybe um, I, at the end of season two. It's early on but, with um, Maddie. Yeah, yeah, and there's Adam Klaus in the coffin that we'll come to that that was a callback to seasons Loads ago. Of references. Yeah, I do. It does feel like he's trying to make a point when it. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the point is, but if it, if you're right and if it's that, <laughs> I've got such a low opinion of David Rennick as a writer that I've assumed that the only reason he's done it is like retroactively because someone's called him out. It's not his yeah, own decision. I don't think it's, it's not good writing. Out. It's him being <laughs> yeah. petty, is what I've decided, which is totally unfair. It could be just like he's woken out up out of this fever dream and and decided to actually watch one of the episodes and yeah. realised that there's no consistency and then decide actually that's not better i'm not defending him there that's still bad um so yes uh the colonoscopy thing happens we're going to talk about that a lot because that's what because the episode does um and then she comes out to use the portaloo and the, the all these workmen about six workmen and there's a burst pipe yeah. that no one seems to be bothered about like no. spraying water out the back it's like a cartoon yeah uh, and they're like, what, Connor? What? And and you think they're kind of like going to make catcalling comments. Yeah. But one of them is just like, are you going to spend a penny? And they all fall about laughing. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's not a catcall. That's just saying what you see. Yeah. That's just yeah. Like, um, and then my favourite bit is a taxi driver drives. Why? Past. Why does a taxi driver <laughs> and literally shouts out the window? Um, in Cockney. Yes, I don't know. I can't. Hey, where are we? <laughs> you can a collection of sounds, other than the fact that he knows her full name. So again, I'm like, how famous is Carla right. Break? Because how big is this show? Yeah, now? yeah. Because it was big, and yeah. then it wasn't big enough, and then it was enough to get Jonathan recognised, and then it wasn't enough to, that he, he, no one cared about him. I, it's very inconsistent here. Yeah. Um. But yeah, massively famous apparently. Um, and everyone in London that's a man is uh, is a cat caller. But having said that, yeah, I don't I don't see a lot of cat calling, so I don't look at, through the don't look at the world through, uh, yeah, the way that women do. So I, you know, I'm, I'm sure that's not um, too much of a generalisation, but no. it does feel it. Then we uh, go to Adam Klaus. Yeah, yeah. So as we say, he's in a coffin, and we were both like, "This is this has already happened." Yeah, seasons ago, he's done this trick. He was buried in the ground. Yeah, in a coffin. he was buried, in, and then the, and the gag was that he wasn't really in there because it yeah. cut to him being in a trailer with Jonathan. Exactly. So um, yeah, I don't know why he's doing talking that. about how he wants to go out on a date with the two officers, the traffic yeah. wardens who yeah, are supervising him. Yeah. yeah. Um, and in this episode, he is in the ground again in a coffin. With a little window on his face. Yeah. And Jonathan's talking to him on a radio mic. Yeah. Explaining to him, on a, on a walkie-talkie, explaining to him that there's been a lawsuit against him because he was looking up the skirt of two young women. Yeah. Um, now... And and they claim that he was uh, self-stimulating. Yeah. At the time. And uh, Adam Klaus complains about the rumbles, and it's kind yeah. of a really long, drawn-out setup to a yeah. gag. Yeah. Which, but I was confused about this. Mm-hmm. I can't. I don't know why I'm wasting my energy, but I. This is what we do uh, every week. So, so it says two young women came, and he's and you were looking up their skirt. 
which yeah. obviously is ridiculous because they would have had to have been standing over his only possible eye line. Yeah, which, which is, is ridiculous. Which because there's not, they would have to have been hovering. Yeah, in midair because there's nothing to stand on because he's because yeah. he's underground and it's open. So so, so there's there's nowhere yeah. that they could have stood for him to. So for a start, it isn't possible. Yeah, but also like within the laws of physics, it's not possible. So that means that the women are making it up. Yeah, which, which means again, it's, it's problematic. Yeah, which is a problem, right? Because we're yeah. saying that, oh, you know, one of these sexual harassment claims... It feels like Rennick's going, God, you know, everyone's doing a sexual harassment claim. They're all just trying to get money. Like, no, it's a massive problem. It, yeah. Like a deep-rooted issue with toxic masculinity within the entertainment world, especially like 2004 when you're writing this. Yeah. So not cool. No. And then we answer the thing about the underground making him rumble and it yeah. makes him shudder yeah so it, it looks like he's pleasuring himself because you only couldn't yeah. see his face in this small glass thing and he's obviously the rumblings making him shake and making his yeah. face go weird and that's the gag is that's obviously what they saw which then also <sighs> kind of justifies it yeah and i go oh maybe he isn't having a go at people putting yeah. in unlawful sexual harassment claims but then also like you said it's impossible to have happened anyway yeah um and uh, jonathan looks at him doing this and looks at his watch and says 12.25 to Upminster? Yeah. Not how tubes work. No. It's not It's not how tubes work. Like, they, they, like, like especially district line. It's like, it's not... In, in like, the middle of the day. Yeah. They're not... It's just kind of One random. One minute, three minutes. Yeah. It just and, tells you. And, and it's not always in, like, order of... Because the district line has various different offshoots that it goes to. It, it's not always... There's no 12.25 to Upminster. No. And even if there was, you don't know. You, like, I know you're Jonathan Creek maths freak, <laughs> but you don't know. You, like, to know the timetable, the tube timetable, that it's really it's silly. It's silly. Yeah. But fine. Um, maybe it's a joke for the benefit of Adam Klaus. I don't know. But um, then, yeah. but I was excited because we've got a bit of continuity. And then I realised that, yeah, he's already done it. So it's not a callback to that. It's, just that Adam Klaus has no imagination slash yeah. David Rennick has no imagination. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I... Do you so, think he's actually forgotten it? I initially did think right. that he'd forgotten it and something again, but okay. now now I'm going with my idea that he's writing links to previous episodes out of spite. So, so I think I, I did the other thing. I right. went, oh, it's I, I wrote the return of the burial storyline. Yeah. And then I remembered that, that that's all, it's already completely happened. Because in fairness, if I remember, and guys listed, correct me if I'm wrong here, I think in that initial episode, they never went, they they got shut down before they could go through with it. Right. So I think so maybe this, so it's yeah, taken so them right, five years, four years, however long it's been to get the planning permission to actually Gosh, do this stuff. a long stunt. time, isn't it? Um, uh, which I do like I, I do applaud if it is a deliberate callback. link then I really do like it but um, I am also worried that it might just be that they've really <laughs> forgot he already did that psych gag um, so yeah then we go to Carla with uh, Inspector Fell yeah um, so she's kind of following, following him, him around yeah um, and he's in a he's in a morgue or, or possibly in, in a hospital and some bodies have come in Um and uh, he's looking and he goes, uh, the heads are on the wrong bodies. Yeah. And the paramedic goes, how can you tell? He goes, well, one's a black guy and one's a white guy. Now I'm really worried about that paramedic. Because yeah. why can't he tell? Like, if that's the case. Well, I think that's the point is he's... Because it's setting Adrian Fellows up as this amazing fellow, as, a, as an amazing detective, right? Yeah. He's so incredible. Fell. fell. Sorry, Fell. A- Adrian it. Fell. Yeah. Um, 
it sets him it's trying to set him up as a genius like comparable to jonathan creek's genius to the point where carla borrega makes a comment at it later i mean actually i've written at one point uh this guy is so much better than jonathan creek yeah <laughs> there, you, there you go yeah um and then and then he points that out so it kind of goes well for the sake of a cheap gag at a paramedic being awful at their job slash just blind yeah i i don't know what i think that was a real waste of time i think that was a real bad move yeah um because then we we keep following him um uh, with carla borrego and her camera crew yeah and they go to the first crime which is actually yeah. of relevance to the episode yes yeah it's taken a while for anything to be relevant to the story and they meet so, yeah. this lovely uh actor uh playing herbie he's a welsh actor um he's here in lots of things i can't remember his name no his name um, on my head as well but yeah um i i remember him i always remember him first um in uh i think it's in the second season of extras and he uh, wins yeah. he wins a competition to have dinner with ricky gervais's character because after he's already famous and the <laughs> right. moment, and he's just keeps wanting to leave this dinner because he plays like the most dull <laughs> man in the world um uh yeah but yeah yeah tons of stuff he's really lovely actor um and he's the uh uh he's Fells number number two um and so carla Brega's like now i've got access so they go through and he explains what's happened to the detective yeah so that uh he can piece it all together and you made a really good observation <laughs> they were they were kind of explaining what happened yeah in the order of which they entered the crime scene <laughs> yeah rather than what's the most important thing because yeah. they, they they talk a lot about bolts on a door First of all, we came in and we yeah. found the bolts on the door and then we moved through the door and eventually we kicked it and over. Eventually, yeah, and then blah, 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 blah. And then we came to this and it pans across and there's a dead body. <laughs> Maybe um, lead with that. So yeah, you probably want to lead with the corpse. But it was because it was following the narrative of, of the camera and yeah. the characters and discovering it at the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that was a bit silly. But yeah, we've come across a corpse who seems to have asphyxiated... Uh, Adrian Fell goes around, puts on latex gloves, has a little feel around, and uh, discovers uh, that the pajamas of the victim have little pockets sewn into them yeah. where walnuts are sold. Yeah. Uh, um, or how, how does he say it? Walnut. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just like it's brilliant. Walnut. Yeah. It's really good. Um, yeah, he's got a wonderful voice, hasn't he? He does. McFarlane. He does. Um, and it, so, so he works that out that. What happened was he rolled over onto the wrong side, didn't get woken up by the walnut, and then had some sleep apnea. Yeah. And that killed him. Yeah. he And he explains all this very clinically to Carla as yeah. they leave. And she's like, wow, that's... And that's when I wrote down, like, this guy's so, this guy's too good now. Yeah. Now I'm more invested in him than I am in Jonathan after four seasons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I already want him to now be the detective for the rest of Jonathan Creek. I um, completely agree. Uh, and, and he says, oh, well, I, I uh, it wasn't hard. I, it was uh, in the medical book on yeah. by the side of the guy's bed. Um, it, the page was dog-eared down and explained all about sleep apnea and putting walnuts in your clothes and stuff. Um, because apparently it only affects a, a lot of people with sleep apnea uh, if they're on their back. So if you sew a walnut into the back of a shirt, uh, a, 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 a pajama top, and it will put you make you on your front. Yeah, which is great. Um, and then, so everyone's impressed. We're oh, impressed. Also, David's impressed. A little thing about that: he turns on the TV in the room of the crime scene. Yeah. And it turns on immediately to Five News, and I just thought that was a weird choice. <laughs> it's a weird choice. He's watching Channel Five, but yeah, fine. It's interesting. Yeah. 
I don't know what relevance that had, but I'm surprised it's not Channel Four. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so so everyone's impressed, and then we're introduced to a photographer by the name of Hattie. Yeah, who is a Glaswegian uh, Scottish photographer who's yeah. annoyed that she's not given been given access to the crime uh, to take photos, whereas Carla Borrego has been given access with her whole camera crew. Yeah, uh, and is annoyed at that. Yeah. Um, how do we? Like, it's set up at the beginning that she's there and annoyed. Yeah. What, what happens now is that um, the <laughs> the body's being taken out of, yeah. of the the room. Um, and in a body bag. In a body bag. And Fel looks and goes, um, is it me? Or has uh, the victim lost a lot of weight suddenly? Looks and uh, because he's a very large gentleman, yeah. the person that's died. Um and they unzip the body bag, and it's Hattie hiding in it with her camera. Now, one, how has that happened? Yeah, yeah. Because Where, where's what she done with the body? From not being allowed into the building, you've now got into the building, taken a massive dead body about three times the size of you, discarded yeah. that, yeah. all in front of policemen, then got inside a body bag, and then yeah. two the policemen have then wheeled you out and not know. Like, that's ridiculous. For the sake of nothing like it does nothing to hattie as a character no. also she's it's just doing a, a very fine gag. job again, again it's it's just, it's just Rennick forgetting he's not writing a sitcom <laughs> west where sight gags don't matter and don't have to have any basis in reality um the other thing about it is why as a character would she do that because yeah. you can't take photos from inside her but like where's that what's she gonna learn from hiding inside a body she's bag she's gonna that wake gonna... up in the morgue and then yeah. take pictures of other de- like you're like, not getting anything out of it not... as a photojournalist no no not yeah. at all yeah, it makes no so sense. Utter, utter nonsense. Utter nonsense. Um, but she leaves the scene of the crime and she gets a phone call yeah. on a mobile. Remember that? Yeah. A lot of mobiles in this. Yeah. I always criticise the fact that they have them but don't use them. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, we, we've got a lot of mobile use in this. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's an anonymous tip off yeah. to go to this building, a certain floor, and look out a specific window of this building at 12.30 at night. Yeah. Uh, that night. Which she does gets there she waits for a person to finish uh, a security guard to finish having a cigarette as well she goes to the window and you see a body hanging from a noose yeah uh, across there's a building across she can see the window of another building opposite uh there's lights on and yeah there's a body hanging uh and then what looks like in the same room inspector fell has walked in and he's cleaning things uh uh cleaning fingerprints off things um, puts his chewing gum in a plant pot. Like, uh, so much chewing gum. Yeah. It's about five sticks of yeah. chewing gum. Yeah. I don't know how he's been, how long he's been chewing that. Um, it's huge. And then it looks like he looks at the body and sort of smiles and laughs. Mm. Uh, Very and then, sinister. And then leaps, and she's, of course, snapping all of this and uh, videos it and runs out and says, uh, kind of uh, is on the phone to who I'm assuming is her editor. Mm-hmm. Um, whilst she's on the phone telling about this, her car gets stolen. Typical. Um, yeah, and she tries to run after it. Um, and that's that. Because it's got the camera it's and got the, the film. camera and the film and everything in. Um, and just, just in between these two, her getting the phone call and yeah. then going, there's a little cutback to um, Carla coming home from the shoot that she's oh, had that yeah. day, which is the day before uh, what David just described. And Carla Borrego's now at Pinewood, which is where Adam Klaus was filming his special. Yeah. Like last episode. Mm-hmm. And... Is it last episode? The episode before, sorry. Two episodes yeah. ago. 
um, and she sees Jonathan. So I'm like, oh, okay. So Jonathan's was at Hyde Park watching, yeah, looking after Adam Klaus. Now he's gone back to Pinewood Studios, where they seem to be dismantling Adam's TV show set. And he says, "What do you want to do with this?" And it's a dummy of Adam from a couple of yeah. episodes ago. Yeah. Again, another little link back. Yeah. And he says, "Oh, actually, don't chuck that because we're going to need it at the need it at the theatre next week." I'm like, right, okay. <laughs> so Adam's been shooting this. TV show for up until this moment yeah. where he's now in a coffin box doing a stunt in Hyde Park yeah. of, of endurance, staying inside in, in a coffin. But next week he's doing a theatre show. With, like, how busy is this guy? Yeah. I don't, I don't understand. I cannot believe it. It's, yeah. But also, why is Carla doing this TV show that we know is shot in Riverside Studios specifically, <laughs> but also Adrian Edmondson's own production office? Yeah. Which was never at Pinewood, and now is at Pinewood. Yeah. Like, why would you shoot a TV studio series at a uh, film studio? Yeah. I don't know why any of that's happening. So I just thought I wanted to get that in there. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's fair. And uh, Carla is kind of using this to, to like kind of gloat about how amazing Fell is. She's kind of trying to make Jonathan jealous, basically. Saying yeah. He, yeah. you know, he solved this locked room mystery in five minutes, kind of tells Jonathan about it, and he seems a bit... Uh, suspicious of it all um doesn't really say anything and then he gets a call from adam you can only hear jonathan's side but you realize adam's sacked off the coffin thing because yeah. he's thought of something else and jonathan says oh god for one horrifying minute i thought you said and then it cuts away so we know that adam's got another idea yeah. even though he's doing even a theater show, show next a, week yeah he's just finished shooting a tv yeah uh, show and is currently he's just got out of a box in like five minutes yeah he's got another idea yeah. nightmare absolute um, nightmare uh, so yeah, so yeah, then as as we say, we get we get the payoff of the Hattie uh, photograph storyline thing um, uh, with the car going off, and then we get to uh, the Eisenears. Yep. Program. So and now they're doing the show. Yeah, which I've written. Uh, I'm not sure a TV series is allowed to speculate on an active investigation. So I don't it, think because they're literally going. How was this? Was it? Did this happen to the person? Did this happen? We think them. It looks like a suicide, but we've decided that she's been murdered on the TV show. I'm like, I don't think you're legally allowed to do this. I think you're <laughs> absolutely right. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. I did like the little bit at the beginning um, where where the fight director of the show, Eyes yeah. and Ears, is setting up the recreation of what they think might have happened to this lawyer who yeah. has been murdered um, and was hanging and was obviously the woman we saw yeah. in Hattie's um, uh, photography session. I'm so sorry. I completely forgot to mention when the body bag stupid gag happens, one of the paramedics was old moustache Sandy Johnson. Oh, no. Yeah. I can't believe I missed that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right, thank you. There who he is. Did also direct this episode, of course. And he previously has played a policeman. Yeah. Um, yeah, he he often plays. I think he's only ever played policeman or paramedics. Did he also play? It was a paramedic when he had the big mustache. Yeah, that was a he was a paramedic taking a body yeah. away there. So I think he's. I think it's the same paramedic character. It's the it's the consistent it's, it's another, another consistent call, callback. Yeah, there you go. This whole episode's making it. See, it's all in there, guys. Yeah, got to find that detail. It's got to work for it. <laughs> You're not seeing it. You're not working on them. Um, brilliant. Yeah. So yeah. So they're. I think illegally filming this. Yeah, there's also a moment where a, a chair um, is on clearly some kind of like dolly machine where it tracks yeah. across 
it's amazing absolutely mate it's the best thing that's ever happened on television i think it's i think that is genuinely meant to be comedic though isn't it that's not bad i think that's yeah i think i think it's meant to be a satire of how these how these shows go so slow yeah like it's i yeah i'm pretty sure that was deliberate but in this whole recreation you're talking about which i think is highly like compromising yeah. and possibly illegal perverting the course of justice I yeah think could potentially yeah we're watching it through the eyes of jonathan yeah who is there in the studio as they're filming it yeah so the sound is of her echoey voice in a studio which is also a terrible sound stage yeah. like yeah awful but then it cuts to the camera view but it's still happening live which means none of this is ever t- edited. Yeah. But in the recreation, there's a punch there's sound a... effect. Yeah. And there's music. Yeah. And there's all sorts of underscore. I'm like, how is all this happening? Yeah. It's also live? you're also si- they also go to different cameras, but on one, like it's edited. Yeah. But it's it's film. It's being filmed. So it's, so yeah. it, it really screwed with my timeline. Again, it's weird that people making a TV show don't know how TV shows are made. Yeah. It's it's that's the most confusing mystery of all of Jonathan Creek. Um, so at this point, there's been a murder. There's been a murder. We don't know who's done it, but we think yeah. it's pretty clear. But from what we've seen from Hattie's point of view, that our detective, who's this brilliant solver of crimes, yeah. at least has very much something to do with it and knows yeah. all about it and but was there. At the moment, the only person that has proof of that is Hattie, and that proof is in the back of a car somewhere. So here we are, and Jonathan is now kind of involved because he happens to be at the same studio that yeah, Carl Rager is. Adrian Edmondson says, oh, I need you to have a look at Help this. us. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and he does. And then Adrian Edmondson goes home. Uh, oh, this is weird. And sticks on the video that he's received of his colonoscopy. Yep, and we just watch we watch him watch, watch. that for a, about two hours. Well, I think it it's meant to be over a course of a couple of hours because yeah. it films him <laughs> there's a time passing in real fade. time for about yeah. a minute and a half. And yeah. then there's a time passing fade which makes it look like a montage. Yeah. But again, we've watched <laughs> we've watched so much of it. Like why? Why do that? When it, yeah. you, it's he's taken eat, as long as... He's eating peanuts whilst watching he's it. peanuts. We've got I, all these facial reactions. I don't know why this has happened. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know why the whole colonoscopy thing's in there. Because it's it not played for laughs either. And it doesn't... Edmondson's a comedian first, yeah. right? He's yeah. not doing any of this for... No. Because none is not funny. No. It's really weird. Um, and then Carla Borrego comes home. Yeah. Separate times to Adrian Edmondson. I, yeah. I mean... Obviously, they're both busy professionals working on the same shows, yeah. but you know, um, and uh, and she goes in to use the Easy Lab, right? Yeah, yeah. and it's towed away. It is, yeah. So she phones Adrian Edmondson whilst he's watching this colonoscopy video. Yeah, um, but and... it also means that she got home just before he did, even though they're coming from the same place. Yeah, yeah, and was in that toilet for how for as long as that montage as, was. Yeah. And he didn't have a conversation with the van driver before he just walked across the road and then it drove off. Yeah. And then he also has an incredibly long conversation with, well, he, he's talking for ages on the phone at Carla before she goes, yeah, I'm, you know, because he's talking about how it's going to be taken away. You're yeah. going to be really happy now. Yeah. Everything's sorted. They've done this and gives all this detail. And which, goes, which he doesn't know, by the way, because he's just come home yeah, and not, not spoken yeah, to anyone. Yeah, I don't know how he knows that, but fine. 
what I had more of a problem with was how, why hasn't she come in at any point to go, shut up, I'm stuck in a cubicle that's moving. And why can't he, and why can't he hear yeah. that she's rattling around in the back of an easy lab? Yeah. Um, but then he says, oh dear, right, I understand now that you're trapped because I've let you speak for a second. Yeah. Uh, Apparently they're going to Nottingham. I, I think the guy said he was going to Nottingham. Well, I don't know how you know that because you haven't spoken. Again, we've seen you not speak to anyone. Yeah. We've seen you enter the house. And the easy lab drive away and you not have a conversation. Yeah. So why don't you remember? This happened a page ago. Yeah. Why can't you remember that? What? Where? What? What's happening? Has everyone just lost their minds at the BBC for letting this happen? No, I'm more angry than I realised about that. Yeah. So then she calls her. Yeah, Edmondson doesn't do anything about it. Just says, "Oh, bye. See you. Yeah. See you in Nottingham." And she rings um, Inspector Fell. Inspector Fell. Yeah. And he um, sorts it out. He gets the, the sends a couple off. of roses up there. Yeah, and they, she comes out. Yeah, and they invite her to dinner at his house because she says, "I'm yeah. sorry, boys, I don't have any money." And he went, "Oh, it's all right, Miss Borrego. We're here to invite you for dinner at Inspector Bell's house." Now, yep. first of all, why is she offering? Yeah, I don't. I didn't understand that. Like, why is she assuming that they're corrupt policemen? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't. That's illegal. Yeah. You can't, to, even to tip a, yeah. an officer is illegal. Yeah. If you gave a copper 20 quid, they could do you. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have to be 20 quid. But, you know, yeah, that's really weird. I feel like that's what happens in American TV shows sometimes. Yeah. And maybe that's what Rennick's kind of going yeah. for. Oh, I don't know. Um, but yeah, anyway, <sighs> she, we, she, she goes yeah. to dinner um, uh, with, with Inspector Fell yeah. um, at his house. And he's uh, talking about his wife passing away recently. Yeah, uh, it's just him and his daughter now, and uh, yeah, talking about death. And... Yeah, she she talks about him kind of being uh, this amazing clinical kind of mind, and he yeah. says, "Oh, yeah, deaths are very interesting." But it doesn't really matter what he's saying because he's just making. Ma- he's it's ju- he's just really good in it. He's so like, good. You could yeah. get him to read a telephone book, and yeah. it would be exciting. It's yeah. so. Such good acting in spite of a, a pretty lazy script. I, I I think this is the best acting in Jonathan Creek so far. I I would agree. I think absolutely. So. Yeah. Um, I was amazed. It makes me again as we both went to drama school. I still work as an actor myself. Uh, uh and and I it makes you realise how lazy we are when we get a bad script through. <laughs> You're like, oh well, it's a bad script. I'm not going to I'm not gonna yeah. try. But yeah. uh, that's what you can do if you work hard enough. Um, yeah. And then she gets a call. So he's having a lovely evening. Looks like there's a little bit of like a free song romance there or something. Yeah. And um and then she gets a phone call on her mobile phone. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Good. Modern. Oh yeah. We should mention Jonathan's had contact with Hattie, who's told him about what she saw. So Hattie's rung Jonathan. Jonathan's now ringing uh Carla to say there's something up with this Inspector Fell character. Get out of there. Yeah. Which. Is pretty scary. So Carla's really scared and trying to get away from it. Then Inspector Fell's daughter Jessica comes in, yeah. and she—I don't—I don't really know. She's just got attitude. I think she's playing attitude. It's—it's it's terrible acting, is what it is. I mean, it really is. It's quite really bad. quite bad acting, like, especially that. in comparison. It, well, I, I said this at the time. I said I think, to, in fairness, everyone's coming off badly in this episode. Because Colin McFarlane's so good, making everyone look bad. Yeah, yeah. Because you, because it's easy to forget what good acting is when there's a median level in Jonathan Creek. Yeah. And then 
you, yeah, you watch someone who's excellent and you go, oh, yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's good acting. <laughs> oh, yeah. When uh, Jonathan gets the phone call from Hattie, mm. he's, he, he's, cur- he's actually scraping bird lime off right, so the, the face of Adam Klaus. <sighs> yeah, the big thing that Adam Klaus said on the phone that we didn't hear his side yeah. of, that he's decided to do this other stunt and it's crucifying himself. Yeah, so he's there on a cross, yeah. tied up with rope. Um, and Jonathan Creek says, oh, like, that's it. When people ask me what I, why I got into this business of magic, it's because I thought one day I could be scraping, you know, bird crap off the face of Adam Klaus. And I just wrote, like, yeah, well, why are you? Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. again, we always talk about this the is... fact that you don't understand how jobs work. Like, you don't... <laughs> Wait, it's a, it's, a, it's a David Rennick. Yeah. Uh, doesn't understand jobs. It Like... Why is it all the way through that Jonathan Creek, who is the genius and the director and the devisor of the tricks, but also the guy who's scraping, yeah. gets, shouldn't be his job? Yeah, it's oh, it's just not. It's no different to any of the weird and stupid things that Jonathan has to do, like, well, sp- like scraping bird poo off him isn't odd in the world of in the what world Jonathan, Jonathan has to do yeah. for Adam so I don't know why this is the reason he's questioning it because I'd be questioning it from season one like yeah, yeah. why now why are you doing it yeah we ask that every episode why yeah. are you doing yeah. this yeah it doesn't make any sense um sorry yeah so that that happens uh but yeah Jessica comes home does some very bad acting with her dad uh Carla Borrego says I've got to go and he yeah. says yes right I've got to have a discussion with my daughter yeah he says let's get you a cab Takes her outside his house in what seems to be like kind of quite a leafy suburban part of London, yeah. like on the outskirts of London, maybe. And a black cab goes past, yeah, and they hail it. And it's <laughs> yeah. like, I'm like, well, yeah. did you call a minicab or did a black cab happen to be driving down that road? It makes yeah. no sense. But she gets into the cab, huge relief. Carla's like, oh, I'm so relieved, I've escaped, but not relieved enough to carry on escaping. She stops yeah. the cab and then gets out again, yeah, and then. Goes and peers through the window to yeah. see what she's having, what discussion they're having. Yeah. Which doesn't make, like, it makes sense that you're an investigative journalist now, for the purposes of this episode, <laughs> and you want to know what's going on. Yeah. But you can't be that and also terrified to the yeah. point where you yeah, can't you get can't... your words out or drink your coffee and yeah. you're shaking. Yeah. Um, But yeah, she she then kind of decides to steal some of his rubbish. Um. But she witnesses through the window yeah. a conversation between Colin McFarlane and uh, his daughter, Jessica. Yeah. And they have this weird coded discussion. <laughs> yeah, they have this argument. Uh, and she's saying, oh, no, I, none of it's true. He says, you know, we have a contract. How can you do this? We have a contract with Mr. G. Dun, dun, dun. And then, and welcome, then they... Mr. G's room, guys. <laughs> welcome, Mr. G's room. So Bad this is a universal crossover. This was the inspiration <laughs> for uh, Chris Lilly's work, um, which obviously we're a big fan of. Summer Heights High. Yeah, I mean, uh, the recent the recent series is dreadful. He's lost it. Yeah, it's god awful. Um, but um, but no, I mean, Summer Heights High is is brilliant. Um, uh, yeah, Mr. G. I hadn't even thought. I hadn't even thought of that connection. But it was before Mr. G. Yeah, uh, and Chris Lilly. Um, but yeah, Mr. G is mentioned a lot. And then they have this weird thing where it looks like quite ritualistic, where they they both kind of take hold of this box that is um kind of ref. He he 
kind of gestures to it when he's having a chat with Carla when they're having coffee and mm. the camera lingers on it. And obviously the episode itself is called The Checkered Box, which is weird because it's so not consequential or important to the episode. So I episode saw you watching the episode, you peered at the television screen, I said, what are you looking yeah. at? And you were like, I didn't think it's checkered. I was like, no, I can't. But you're right. It's kind of it's chevron. chevrons. It's chevron. It's not checks. Not. A, I don't think it's checkered box. Number one, I don't know why you've called their episode the checkered box because the box yeah, is makes no sense. so not relevant. Um, number two, if you're gonna do that, get a checkered box. Yeah. But again, as we've talked about before, they get the props <laughs> yeah. as they film In, from the nearest from shop, the nearest news agent. Yeah. yeah. So that was the. Be- I mean, good job they had a wooden box at all. <laughs> so, had a wooden you know, box at all. I mean, fair enough. Yeah, and then also obviously it's just weird that it's not really checkered like like um, te- technically maybe you could call it but it's not yeah it's not what you would think of if you think of checkered no and also even the bit that could be checkered is is a bit in the middle of the lid yeah the rest of the box is all completely different patterns that yeah. aren't checkered they've got a non-checkered even... box and then put checkers on it but they haven't put checkers on it they put chevrons on it, it. it's so strange. I, I mean, I, I think I lay that one at the, uh, at the, the, the responsibility lies with Verity Lambert there. Yeah. Um, uh, rest in peace. Um, of course, can't speak ill of the dead. Of course, she died. <laughs> that was very partridge. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so we have Mr. G, <laughs> and we have the uh, this yeah. checkered box and, and things that come out of this conversation that Carla overhears that makes it look. Like something sinister. Yeah, we don't know what's going on, but the music and the camera shots make it look sinister. Yeah, the the music's lying to us. Um, She gets away, Carla, goes back, steals his rubbish. It's also odd because Carla can't hear the underscoring of the episode, but I feel like that's the biggest thing that's giving... Yeah, that's the thing that's making it suspicious. (laughs) Nothing else about it is. So she's... She's reacting to the underscoring that she can't hear. Which is also terribly manipulative. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and then so the next day she's in. A, she's stolen his rubbish. A room, yeah, yeah. And she's in a room in her studio, that, like office studio. I office. assume it's yeah. Um, and he's she's he said well you know why you called me over here, Jonathan, and all the rubbish is laid out on the floor, and she says I'm I'm trying to go through his rubbish to find a piece of gum because if we can't get the evidence from Hattie, yeah, uh, then we could maybe match the DNA with the gum and get him that way, um. Which is kind of good and makes sense. But then she describes the checkered box as a small wooden casket. Right. What? Why? Why? It's... You've called the episode the checkered box, guys. Why wouldn't she refer to it as a box? When it is a box, it's not a casket. It's not a casket in in any way, shape or form. Uh, is Is it talking about the fact... Like, a casket is a... Is... It's like a coffin. It's weird as well because we've seen an actual casket earlier on in the episode. That yeah, Adam's yeah in. because Adam's so in it's one. The, it's just weird. It's weird that she says a casket. Yeah, it is very odd. Um, and then they, anyway, they say, right, well, we haven't got any gum, but anyway, we'll keep yeah. looking. Um, Jonathan, and- Jonathan's having a rummage around in these, um, with uh, these kind of press clippings. Yeah, that Carla's put out on the table in this room. Um, uh, with with all the rubbish in, and Jonathan spots that um, two guys were released from prison, um, and the the prosecuting lawyer, yeah, 
was the woman that's been murdered. The woman that's been murdered. The detective that put, uh, kind of put them away was Inspector Fell, uh, and the per and one of the key witnesses that helped in their incarceration was the guy that was uh, that died with the walnuts. Died with a walnut. So that's all connected. Yeah. So, so now uh, Jonathan's starting to think there's something going fishy going which on. Which is great for two reasons. Because one, it's a bit of actual logic of putting things together. Yeah. Two, Carla found those press clippings. Well, it's maths, isn't it? You, it's, yeah, it's, simple maths. Yeah. <laughs> but it's but it's the first thing Carla's done that's ever helped with the crime. Up to this point, I don't think Carla's actually contributed to the solving of any of Jonathan Creek's crimes. Yeah, it's a fair but point. she did find those press clippings. Yeah. Without that, we wouldn't have any of no, the resolve yeah, later on. That's very true. So that's that's good. That is, yeah, it's very true. And I thought she was putting a bit more work into this one. <laughs> yeah. I thought, God, why is she so interested all of a sudden? Yeah. Um, but there you are. So yeah, then they decide to go uh, and have a look around the room. Uh, of the um, uh, it's called Crozier was that his yeah, name? Yeah, Crozier. Crozier, who uh, the guy with the walnuts that supposedly died of sleep apnea. Although now they're starting to think that it was perhaps a murder and had been all kind of yeah. And and they'd worked out that he had a different name to the person in the news article because he'd he entered the witness protection. Witness protection, yeah, and so he had a different uh, identity. And yeah, they are breaking in, and Carla's. Like, I don't know why I feel so guilty about this, and I was about to write down. <laughs> yeah. Because you're breaking the law. And John's like, oh, because it's illegal. I was like, okay, good. At least the episode's <laughs> called it out as well. And it's, it's well delivered. Um, he goes, yeah. because it's because it's highly illegal. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's a really nice little bit of comedy timing yeah. and acting, which yeah. you don't get very often in this show. So it's yeah. not lovely. Um, and then, yeah, they go uh, and have a little look around the room. Jonathan does a test about the walnuts because he realizes they've actually been sewn into the wrong bit of the shirt. Because actually, yeah. if it was at the bottom of the shirt where they are, you wouldn't actually feel it in the small of your back. And why would someone risk, risk their why own life? Why would someone risk yeah. their own... Yeah. So he's... So then, yeah, he works out. The whole thing's been set up. And obviously, the fact that the book was by the side and the dogged page, like, it was all there for Inspector Fell to find and make... convenient. Yeah, everything was very convenient. So he assumes that they killed... He was killed and, by asphyxiation. And I think at this... I'm trying to remember the first time I saw this episode. Yeah. I think at this point, I thought that the detective fell had uh set up the murder so he could easily solve it yeah so yeah i so, think i thought that the first time so i, I think, think it's it's good it throws it's you off the set it is good yeah. yeah it is good and at the same time also there's the fact that carla's in pajamas and they're lying on the bed together working this out so there's a little bit of carla's in pajamas coming down the stairs <laughs> oh very that's lovely that's pajamas and pajamas yeah i yeah. remember them good um i worked uh, <laughs> for about six months. Um, okay. I thought it was odd that you brought it up, but there's obviously a story. You obviously need to talk about it. Yeah, I uh, in about two two thousand and eight. Uh, uh, it wasn't six months. Towards it was about three or four months. Not important. Um, I worked um for a uh, ad um advertising company that sold ad space in travel magazines, mm. and I was kind of uh I'd researched the leads basically, yeah. um, that the salesman would ring up. One of the salesmen, uh, it was it was three people in the office and me. Um, two of the other three people were my friends at the time who got me the gig. Um, still friends now. Um, uh, the other person was a guy called Keith. Keith was 
uh, one of the bananas in pajamas. Oh my! <laughs> Why have you never told me this? <laughs> I what? Yeah, yeah. He was at one point one of the bananas in pajamas. I think they cycled through quite a few different people in the suits, but at one point, it's like the tweenies and yeah. the Teletubbies. They have a few yeah. different. Well, they all get into drugs, yeah. don't they? Oh, I, I'm was very Keith's problem. I'm very good friends with uh, uh, Fizz. From the Teletubby, um, from the Tweenies. Oh yeah, yeah, Francesca. Very nice. Oh, yeah. of course. Yeah. Oh, there yeah, you are. Um, but yeah. Uh, so, um, <laughs> that's the main point of this episode is that I worked with the. It's not the main point. Pajamas. There was lots going in the biog. The bananas um, in pajamas didn't uh sew walnuts into their shirt. They, they did didn't. They? There's a bit of sexual. I'm gonna get this on track. There was a bit of sexual tension, and they decide to leave. And then Carla says, "Great, thanks for coming and working out with me." What, uh, what do we do now? And he says, I think we should sit on this for a few days. And she says, okay, well, should I drive you home or whatever? Yeah. And then there's a knife that comes through the yeah, canvas soft top of the car. It's like a... It's, it looked sort of like a, 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 like a Middle Eastern pirate like knife. Like it was quite like curved. Yeah. And it was... I, I was That's a very specific... Like, yeah it was not exactly a scimitar but but similar to something like quite that. exotic um yeah. expensive knife that was then left yeah. after the failed attempt to stab yeah carla but also also carla always had a soft top i don't know i don't think I don't, so i think we've seen her car a lot and i swear it's never been a convertible before but there you go i don't know it's a porsche boxster isn't it that she has yeah I don't. Um, I'm sure she didn't have it before. I could be wrong. I, I don't know, but um, I don't know why. It's just a, you're not going to kill anyone because no. that knife is not going to go through the no. top of a, a car, soft top, and a skull. Yeah. Um. But anyway, he pulls her close to her and uh, save Jonathan saves her, and then the the assailant runs off, leaving the knife. Yeah. Um. And we don't hear anything more about that at all. No. Uh, no. So no. Never. Snow, not reference. No. Don't find out who it was. No. We can make guesses later on. Yeah. I assume. Yes, but yeah, but it's, no. it's never brought up again. Nothing. Clear um, so that. that's good. I'm glad that happened. Um, and then yeah, so the next day they go and see Adrian Edmondson, and they walk into his office, and he says, "Oh, good. Yes, I um uh, I hear that you you know have some updates about this um uh, suicide in the room yep. case. Um, and I thought I'd take the liberty of inviting Inspector Fell here to hear about it first as well, which is obviously awkward because they were coming to tell him that inspector film possibly did it yeah um i i love this idea yeah I, I thought i really liked the idea of the like the suspected villain being in the deliberation room with our heroes who are going to solve it it reminds me of the scene in i think it's the second uh, uh, uh star wars as in second as in episode five so the empire strikes back um i believe where they there at uh, go up to Lando Calrissian's sky castle, whatever it's called, and th- they think they're going in because they think he's on their side, and they go into the dinner room and they think they have dinner, and they go in, and Darth Vader's in there, and it's all very uh, like oh, everything they reminded me of that. Okay, um, so were there bananas and pajamas involved in that episode as yeah. well? The yeah, there were. Of the Star Wars, you can tell I'm not a huge aficionado. It's a long time. Ago I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of them. But, um, but you know, similarities between the work of Rennick and George Lucas is not the first time <laughs> you've uh, drawn those those comparisons. Um. So yeah, they're about to kind of start talking when Hattie comes in. in with our our Welsh detective Herbie, uh, Herbie, and uh, brandishes the photographic evidence. Which has now been developed because her car has been discovered 
and yeah. the film has been recovered. Yeah, and she says a weird thing. She goes, "Why is why do you think I waited three days to get my car back from some joyriders?" I'm like, yeah. yeah, but you said it as if that was. She said it in a sarcastic. Yeah, she said it in a sarcastic. But that is why. Yeah, that's somebody just, just a she, bad line delivery. She just then. hasn't read the hasn't read the line. <laughs> She's, she's remembered the vowels and the consonants, <laughs> but she hasn't actually realised what the whole thing means. It's like when someone uh, learns English phonetically, yeah. and you go, God, that's really good, but they've got no idea what they've said. Yeah. That's what adds Hattie in this scene. Yeah. Um, sorry to uh, the actor who played Hattie. Well, do you recognise? I've seen another yeah, thing. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, crops up. Um, but yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a bad moment. But one take, what can you do? No. And the script was written five seconds before. She's only just got it. Yeah. Um... So that happens, and Herbie's pretty upset with the whole thing. Yeah. And uh, and and uh, our our uh, Colin McFarlane says, you know, I can explain. Here's the whole deal. Yeah. Um, but Herbie is kind of saying, oh, what? How are you going to get out of this one? And yeah. he's and he's blasphemed. He says, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, and gets really. I love him so much. I love him. <laughs> yeah. Him. You can feel it. Um, and then uh, yeah, and then Colin McFarlane says, all right, Herbie. And then, yeah, as you say, That's enough. right. Right, this is the this is the deal. My daughter has a drug problem. Yeah. Um, uh, selling and sell. Yeah. And taking. Selling and taking. Um. Uh. That's all fine now. We sorted it. But I uh last Monday uh got an anonymous tip off that the the this lawyer uh Crespo Susan Crespo I think uh that uh it was a letter herself, from a letter Crespo from Crespo yeah. sorry yeah saying I've got this information about your daughter that she's done it again and i'm gonna uh um that she's been dealing drugs and and stuff yeah. and um let's have a chat about it because that's not gonna look very good for you or her uh, uh come to my office this evening it wasn't just the, like she's been dealing drugs it's like this huge judge crespo yeah in a swanky office has supposedly written and said that your daughter jessica has been involved as one of the dealers in what was what he described previously as yep. a major drugs bust. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> like, but you you said it as if she just happens to have fallen into some drug troubles. Yeah. Yeah. And well. she fell in with the wrong crowd. He said. <laughs> yeah. And like yeah. had some bad friends. Yeah. Like, and apparently she was one of the you know this major drug bust. Apparently she was one of the suppliers. I'm like, well, wait, is she is she like Howard Marks? Is that what we're talking about? Like. It's so a big thing, you because sh- he believes that to be true at this point. It's the thing about Pablo Escobar, wasn't it? It was just yeah. peer peer pressure. Peer pressure. He just yeah, you know, all his friends were doing it, and so he absolutely he just you know he kind of had to uh, become a huge uh, drug uh, kingpin. And that was you know the times before just say no, exactly. which probably would have saved him. He probably never would have gone down that route. Wasn't there a whole big thing about that? Like, half the grade chill cast were all taking drugs, yeah, doing the just say no kite. as a kite. <laughs> Terrible. Um, so yeah, um, they, uh, and so yeah, he goes to the office, uh, to try and, he thinks it's going to be a conversation. The office is empty, but he decides to, um, first of all, spit his gum out into a potted plant. Um, then he goes, uh, and, um, finds the files, finds the files, obviously he doesn't want anyone knowing that he's there, so he dusts it all off, little, uh, cloth to get rid of any fingerprints, uh, which is obviously what Hattie saw. Yeah, uh, through the window, um, and then yeah, he, he uh, leaves, and uh, so he explains that that's what the pictures are of, and they're saying, well, how come there's also a pic that in that picture? Yeah, we can see you grinning at this woman who's hanging 
from the rafters yeah. um, having been murdered or committed suicide but died and he says I don't know anything about that kind of thing yeah um, but they don't believe him th- no that is amazing him. delivery again from McFarlane he says yeah. but you don't believe me do you not one of you not one of you it's yeah. really lovely yeah and then um, uh, and then he gets arrested yeah um, and then um, we uh, go back to the crucifix thank goodness because you were all wondering all how Adam was getting on on the crucifix I mean it's, it's not even a B story is it it's like no, a no it's well, it's a C story because the B story is the colonoscopy. Yeah, I mean the amount of time they spend on it. Yeah. Oh, and it's coming back, guys. Don't worry. Yeah. Um. So, the 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 cross has uh, fallen forward. fallen forward. So it's tilting, uh, hovering just above some manure. Yeah. Um. And Jonathan um uh, says that it's similar, reminiscent of a Tex Avery cartoon uh tex avery the guy that created um uh roadrunner um, ah, right, all that yeah. stuff um in the yeah in the kind of 1940s um and uh and then it's fine and they bring the cross back but then it ends yeah. up falling the other way you said that's an awful stunt for a stunt it's just really horrendous <laughs> this guy on a cross and obviously it's a wide shot so you can't like quite far it's sort of like a long shot but it's still a guy on a cross whether yeah. it's adam Stuart milligan or not and it falls from 90 degrees flat on the floor and the body like bumps up and down and the head slams against yeah. it. It's brutal. Yeah. Absolutely. It's not funny at all. <laughs> it's like, it's you know, it's that not. old thing about like writing comedy is, you know, yeah. yeah, you can film the banana skin and it's funny. But if you then show the bit where the banana skin actually causes the man to be paralyzed, it's not funny. It's, not, yeah. it's like that did a not very funny banana skin gag and then showed us how ultimately painful that was. It was, yeah, uh, yeah, it really struck me. I don't know why. <laughs> um, so this whole thing, though, gives Jonathan the little glint that he has in his eye when he works yeah. something out. Um, we then cut to a very odd, a very odd thing, which was the daughter, Fell's daughter, mm-hmm. getting a phone call Obviously, from the police saying Herbie or a copper, yeah, copper. Uh, informing her of what's happened, and then because it... because he's escaped, right? Okay, so he was in the car being arrested. Thank you. They stop in traffic, and he's handcuffed, but he still gets out of the car and runs home. Okay, I totally missed that. Right. Okay, <laughs> that makes so much more sense now. <laughs> I don't know how I, I just missed completely missed that. Probably happening. right. It happened quite quickly. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fine. Yeah. So then it's yeah, and it shows his handcuffs. Yeah. And he's turned up at the house, and um, he says, "Well, who do you believe? What do you believe?" Because <laughs> yeah, you, you're confused as to why he still got handcuffs. Yeah, I was. Right. That makes so much. Bail. Why is he? Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. That makes more sense. That that's my bad. I missed that. Um, but uh, it, they then both look mysteriously towards the 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 chevron box the again. chevron wooden casket <laughs> chevron wooden casket much better name for the episode absolutely that's um, what we should call it <laughs> chevron wooden casket um and uh yeah so they then cut to jonathan and maddie going into crespo's Office. Jonathan and Carla. Oh, whatever. Don't bring back Maddie. <laughs> Jonathan and Carla. Or do, do bring back Maddie, yeah. I don't mind. Uh, going into uh, Crespo's office, um, uh, try and piece together what's going on, whether, yeah. who's telling the truth, is Adrian Fell, 
right? Can there be anything that can save him? And they because, let Adrian Fell know this. Yeah, because Jonathan is fixated on something Adrian Fell says before he's arrested, which is when he's explained what happened, he says he put the chewing gum in a plant pot in the corner. Yeah. But obviously the plant pot was actually in the middle uh, of the room. So he's like, why would you say corner if it wasn't a corner? Why would they move the chewing gum? Why would they move a plant? And I'm like, makes yeah. sense. More importantly, why would a uh, detective inspector who has dusted the room for prints to hide evidence of him being there, tampering with evidence with a senior yeah. judge with relation to his daughter who's now involved in a major drugs bust, yeah. as far as he's concerned... Why would he then spit out a huge ball of chewing gum and leave it in a plant pot? I mean, sadly, that isn't explained. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's just, the that's, biggest mystery. That's, is why that's he, just bad continuity. This forensic um, guy had absolutely no yeah. thought as to the fact that that clearly places him in the room. Yeah, that's that's just silly. Um, so they um, go around, have a look around, and this is intercut with, uh, you see... Uh, fell with some black gloves on looking out angrily out of a window yeah signed on in much the similar way that literally any film you've ever seen about snipers yeah shows someone just before they're about to set up a sniper rifle. yeah um <laughs> you then cut back jonathan maddie looking around um jonathan looks at some cartoons or some illustrations that are on the wall um and he's he's doing some he runs his finger up the wall um looks at the plant pots uh and then you cut back to someone with a sniper yeah uh rifle um and you then cut back to Maddie and Jonathan again gunshots Carlo and, jo- they... Carlo and Jonathan God, did I do it again yeah Carlo and Jonathan they uh duck down yeah you then they're cut. literally being they're trying there's an assassination attempt assassination on Carla attempt Borrego, on Borrego I understand she's a nice famous woman in London <laughs> Jonathan Creek, he's the guy who scrapes bird poo off Adam Klaus's nose. Yeah. But still, they're onto something. Yeah. The sniper clearly doesn't want them to do that. And we are led to believe that it's Adrian Fowles is the man yeah. with the hands and the gun because of the way it's set up yeah. and all the scary music. There's a lot of big underscoring all the way through this. Yeah. Uh, but of course, it isn't him. No, it's not. It pans around and it actually he's coming up the stairs and it's uh, uh, one of obviously the two escaped convicts that have clearly now set all this up with this who he arrested back in 1987 and adrian fell arrests him again yeah which he can't do because at this moment he is yeah uh, escaped from prison yeah i don't know why the met haven't they've got one of their most senior officers who who looks like he's committed murder yeah they've arrested him he's escaped yeah and they haven't found him even though the only place he's been is home (laughs) and the scene of the crime (laughs) That he's suspected of doing. Like, why is no one arresting this guy? That's a really good point. He's been to two places: his where he lives, yeah, and the scene of the crime. That's a really good point. But um, it's fine. He uh, yeah. got the handcuffs off somehow, and he arrests the guy. And he says, "A big, it's like a big little label, like the, the, the bill reference." Yeah, label. Label. There's a little gritty French <laughs> French drama about the policeman in uh, Sun Hill. Um, Graham Cole, wonderful French actor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, um... <laughs> yeah, he's the Gerard Depardieu of love, uh, South East London. Um, this is it Mitchum, actually, I think. Mm. Um, Sun Hill was based, a fictional Sun Hill. Um, yeah, and he uh, he says, uh, he says you're nicked. Um, that doesn't happen. Yeah. He, 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 but he does nick the sniper. 
and they all come into the room. In fairness, it's actually probably a, a more of a reference to the Sweeney, which I think is that was, where it all started. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're nicked. Yeah, yeah. You know a lot about the Sweeney. I do. Um, so that's for another podcast. Well, that certainly is. Uh, and they uh, then come uh, to uh, the office of Crespo, and we get Jonathan's reveal. Yeah, and he basically explains that. Obviously, as we know, the whole first thing was set up. Yeah. The second thing, uh, it was all tipped off and set up now, as we know, by the two escaped, um, not escaped, but uh, the two uh, ex-cons that were that were done uh, by these people. They're now trying to uh, either kill or implicate in murder. And they do so by building a fake wall. Yeah. Um, so they knew from the exact angle where they sent Hattie to that she would see what looked like one room. Yeah. Um, uh, so to spot them all together. Um, and the reason why he was smiling at what like, he was smiling at the cartoons that had been placed back on the partition yeah. wall that was put up. Um, so yeah, that's, that's basically it. And then Jonathan says, you know, of course, if any of us knew your secret, uh, you know how ridiculous it would be to even uh, consider you committing a crime like this. Which I so mean, here we are. Going, there's a Ooh, lot. I mean, there's you've a got a secret. There's a lot about this that I is awful. The secret is the secret is big reveal, guys. Shh, shh. He's a Christian. <gasps> oh no! Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anybody. Believes in God. Oh God! What an I mean, what an awful taboo <laughs> thing. To, like, what? This then big speech Jonathan says about how if. If anyone found out that a policeman was, was a man was of a, God, was a man of God, he'd be laughed out of his job. Like, like what? Would he? Absolutely not. One, that's illegal. Two, no. I think all the time <laughs> you hear like police commissioners being like, "And now this is a time to for God." And yeah, you hear it all it's the time. quite common for police officers to be Christian. Probably, it's the largest religion in this country. Yeah. Like, what? What are you talking about, David Rennick? Really bizarre. Jeez, I wonder if David Rennick's Christian, and this was a thing about him being annoyed at, like, uh, seemed to be, like, people behaving like heathens in the early noughties. Because there's a weird commentary about the fact that no one cares about the the blasphemy of Adam Klaus being on a cross. Yeah. That's brought up a couple times in this episode, is that no one bats an eyelid anymore. Yeah. In fact, Jonathan says something about it being impossible to offend anyone anymore. Which yeah. Is, what, what are you talking about? Especially as David Rennick does it on a weekly basis. Yeah, he gets point. many like, letters of complaint as far as I understand from his four, interviews. Four series of it. Um, so, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I don't quite know what's going on there, but there is this underlying commentary about Christians being you know, persecuted in some, in some way. Ridiculous. Uh, um, the, the other thing that I have a bit of a problem with is uh, if we start thinking that being a Christian is a is a good enough reason to not believe someone committed a murder yeah, we're, we're in very yeah, we're in trouble, trouble aren't we, we? Yeah. Like, yeah. oh of course if we knew you were a christian none of us for a second even though all the evidence pointed to you being a murderer yeah you, if you said you were a christian we would have let you off yeah like what's that logic yeah it, it's that is bizarre nonsense because a christian wouldn't commit a murder apart nonsense. from you know the history of christianity <laughs> when god stopped the sun in the sky so they could kill more infidel. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. You only have to go to a museum. See a couple of Renaissance paintings. Horrendous. Um, but yeah, that we do have this explanation of the religion. Yeah. And it is done with little flashbacks to 
conversations yep, so, between yeah so mr g remember mr g mr g hi right, guys this is weird as well so when jonathan's talking about uh um fell's religion carla kind of and talks about being a man of god carla looks at him and smiles and goes mr g and he like smiles back at her rather than going how, how do, do you, you know yeah how did you know that were you spying on my conversation yesterday like, but also why is he calling it mr g to jessica when they think that they're alone yeah, because yeah. One is that that's, just what it's not. That's their thing. They refer to God as Mister G. Well, that, see that I would buy. But yeah. I think it's a setup. Because, let's call him Mister G, so no one laughs me out of my job because <laughs> being a Christian. Like that's what the storyline is, right? Yeah, it's it's so strange. Let's let's call him Mister G because you know so how strange. unpopular Christianity is in the Western world. Yeah, <laughs> is there? Um, um, and then, and then, and then we have the best moment. It's my favourite moment Ever. in the history of Jonathan Creek. It's so good. Maybe my favourite moment in the history of anything that's it's, ever happened. It's worth you been listening to all this rubbish yeah. for, for the last hour because what happens is just incredible. Yeah. Um, and again, I know a lot of you do listen to this and don't watch the episodes. Skip to like the last five, ten minutes of this episode just to see this particular thing because it is insane. Uh, they... <laughs> They're talking about in the religion, Mr. G, and of course the final thing is what's in the chevroned wooden casket. And <laughs> the answer is a Bible. But the way it's done is like it ramps up in the music and then it cuts to the Bible coming out of the box. And, then and it's like, like <laughs> it's like the biggest choral swell. Oh I've like what what I couldn't stop laughing for about was ten minutes. So funny. But <laughs> like so over the top. It's like sorry, has Hans Zimmer come in to like <laughs> it's so, it's so underscore weird. this? It's so weird. You know who it was who underscored it was a man no. called Rick Wentworth. Okay. Um and I thought, goodness me, I wonder what other TV he's um, underscore. I couldn't find much TV work. I could find a load of Hollywood movies. Spider-Man, right. Man in Black, the Sherlock, Guy Ritchie, Sherlock Holmes. Sorry? Yeah. Like, he, he, how has he scored, how has he scored anything after <laughs> after having scored this episode of Jonathan Green? I actually, thank you. How is the, he still in the business? When, just before they go into Crespo's office... There's a really weird bit of underscoring that sounds like no other underscoring ever in Jonathan Creek before. And it's like, uh, if anyone knows, like, Vangelis, who did Blade Runner, and oh, things, yeah. it's like this weird 80s <laughs> rock synth. Like, it's like these electric guitars, and there's, like, weird synth 80s beats. It's it, Honestly, it's so weird. And I was like, where's this come from? But then if, if it's Starting someone that's... career. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. But, but, but I mean, it's not good bo- for what. Maybe they told him it was a really dramatic moment, and he was like, "Okay, yeah." It, and he wrote some dramatic it's music. The most dramatic piece of music I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it's so, it's so unbelievable. It's for the for the reveal of a Bible being in a box for a tiny Bible. It's it's. But also, oh, why did a- they unlock the Bible? They unlock the box to get out the Bible, and he says, "Oh, can you keep open a box? I don't know." I'm like, well, what? I. <laughs> it's in case any every of, house has a bible in it it's in case any of his police mates come around and go what what is that a bible what is that a bible get out get out of here like what's this world we're pretending to live in <laughs> no idea it's like, so most of bizarre. the law is based on christian law it's so bizarre oh so you have the best moment in the series of Jonathan creek 
And that is yeah. the end we, of it. We can't do it justice, so please go and watch it. it. It's I can't explain why or how it's as funny so as it funny. is, but just yeah, it's it's amazing. Um yeah, so then we get the worst denouement in the history of the episode of Jonathan Creek. Uh, series of Jonathan Creek. Well, rather. it's not. He, could, it's not even a denouement. It's not a denouement. It's, yeah, it's where the denouement should be. It's just nothing. It's just the com- back to the colonoscopy. Yeah, and we think they're we think Carla's watching it, and they're having a, a just repeating the information we already know about it winning this. Yeah, being being put in for this science. Yeah, but thing. he says it as if it's. I think it's another thing. Oh really? But like it's. I think it's a he different. He says it institu- with surprise, but I was yeah. like, this sounds exactly like the. Th- yeah, but it's. Right. A di- I think it's a different institution. Right. Have offered him the same thing, saying that your colonoscopy is going to be in our records. That's confusing. If that's the case, because he says I won another award. Does he? Yeah, I think so. Mm, but that doesn't. I mean, I know a lot doesn't make sense, John of the Creek, but that doesn't make sense with the fact that the gag is it the wrong person that it's gone to brent um brenda baxter yeah rather than uh brendan baxter because then what are we t- so two different awards things have got the address wrong yeah uh, yeah i think the the his address has been assigned to her name brenda right. baxter's name has been assigned to brendan baxter so address. he's getting all these different awards from different places to the wrong I think it makes more sense. I think it's the same thing, and he's just excited about it still. Well, that might make more sense, mm. but I don't know why he's telling John. He's telling Jonathan and Carla. Yeah, as if it's the first time. But he's very guys, excited about it. Let, let us know. know. Let us know. Let us know. Um, yeah. So he, he he's very chuffed with it, and she's watching a video of it. Yeah. And uh, or, or what we think is, and then it turns out actually she's got the videos mixed up, and she's watching. A video documentation of the drain work that do you remember ages yeah. ago there was drain work yeah. going on uh, outside their house, hence the easy lab and the sexist work tradesmen. So they apparently did a film video of the drain blockage. Yeah. And he went, Oh, I'm so offended that you could think that was my thing. And then yeah. eventually Jonathan says, You know, I think you've realised. I tell you why it has to be it has to be a new letter because yeah. he's not read it before because it, he keeps on reading and it says and my fallopian tubes are also yeah and he's never read You're that right. before yeah, that's true so that's why I think it's a it's yeah. a new one um, and they so realise that it's Brenda Baxter not Brendan Baxter yeah um, and he didn't notice that even though the address it yeah. letters clearly says Brenda Baxter yeah. And uh, he's a bit annoyed um, that he hasn't won these awards. But he says, but, hey, we're off to ITV's uh, winter season... Opening? Op- winter winter season... It's like a press press yeah. thing. A winter, yeah, season winter season press, press launch. launch. Press um, launch, that's it. Uh, and, um, yeah. Um, Again, not Channel 4, ITV. Yeah. And Carla says, yeah... Brendan's got four new series coming out on ITV. I was like, when, when did he stop working for BBC? Because he was working with Michael Brookgrade not that long ago. Exactly. Why has he moved from BBC to ITV? When did that happen? Maybe when they moved from Riverside to Pinewood. I mean, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. But um, that happens and it's underwhelming and yeah. there's a little gag. Yeah, and the gag, yeah. And they and uh, Brendan says, oh, uh, Jonathan, do you want to come with us? And he says, oh, I'm not running as well. It's either a choice either between that or watching the footage of our drains being cleaned. And yeah. he goes, oh, well, no contest, and goes to 
watch the video. And yes. The gag, and that's it. That's the end of the episode. And that's and that's the way that Adrian Adri- Edmondson leads yeah. the series. Yeah. Like, what an awful way to lead the series. Yeah. What a terrible storyline to have to go through. Yeah. It's just awful. Um, but that being said, the mystery is good. Yeah. The acting from Colin McFarlane is fantastic. Yeah. The acting from Julia Swallow in this, I'm very sorry to say, is... It's it's not her best work. Yeah. It, I don't know why particularly this episode is so shocking, but it is. Um, the Adam Klaus storyline is just it's completely giving up on any kind of sense of who this man is. Yeah. There's no character <clears throat> at all, really. No. Um, it's just bizarre. Um, and it is quite lazy writing. But I, that, I do good, think it's a good episode. It's a good plot. It's and a it good... has a swerve. It yeah. has that swerve where you think he's... Yeah. That we both thought. Yeah, it's a good... He's setting up the murders to plot. solve it, It's relatively clean. Um, and uh, it's got a, a commanding performance um, yeah. from the lead guest actor. So, yeah, I, th- I think it's up up, up in the kind of top um, uh, episodes. Um, yeah, I think very good. Very good. Um, let us know what you thought. Um, especially with that underscoring scene. I'd yeah. love to know your thoughts on yeah. that. Da! It's just amazing. Just but amazing. other than that, I think that's it. I've uh, said all I have to say. Yeah. The checkered box, or what we shall now refer to as the, the chevron, chevron wooden, wooden casket. casket. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, n- we are nearly at an end of season four, which is kind of the Remarkable, last... isn't it? The last sort of it's, it's proper season. The rest are kind of just specials now. Um, yeah, forward. that's a good point. Um, yeah, gosh. So, yeah, it feels like it's it's the end of kind of the main body of work of Jonathan Creek because it's of course years later that we'll start doing um the It's gonna be really next. interesting to see how the the show changes mm. and how much has altered in my memory. Because even though it was only a couple of years ago it was the yeah. last one, right? Yeah. The Sheridan Smith special. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember that much about it. Well I do remember finding that difficult. I do yeah. remember being a bit annoyed and disappointed by it. Yeah. So that would be interesting. But I know a couple of our listeners are up to that already. Mm. Um, yeah. So it will be, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how, how your opinions change with that too. But of course, before that, next week we have Gorgon's Wood, which is a weird episode <laughs> because the memory happens to me every time. Well, not anymore because I know it well enough now. But the first couple of times I watched this episode, the memory of what I think is the main reveal, I always think is absolutely ludicrous and really like, inconsequential but then i watch the episode and f- and i always forget the thing i'm thinking of isn't the main mystery the main mystery reveal is is horrifically dark and horrible yeah, it's really um, dark and i always forget that bit of the episode i always think of the weird <laughs> the frivolous bit the middle. frivolous bit yeah but um, it's with um senior uh, imri yeah. he's been wonderful yeah um yeah uh yeah there's a, a couple of really interesting things but also an horrendous dark storyline so uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to to dissecting that again. Absolutely. Um, and then, of course, uh, coming up on Thursday, we have the latest Any Requests, where Callum and I will be talking about our top five music intros and outros. I've got my intros. I've still, I'm still looking for for my outros. I'm, I'm, I'm changing my list on a daily basis. It's really. Hard. You had your original list like two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it, I don't think any of those original ones are still on it by now. They, they keep swapping out. But um, really yes. looking forward to that. Should be really fun. Absolutely. Um, in the meantime, you know where to find us. You can get in touch on Twitter at 
macabre podcaster you can find us on facebook at fb.me forward slash podcaster macabre you can email us podcaster macabre at gmail.com and of course you can listen like share and subscribe on anywhere you get your podcasts that is spotify itunes google play overcast pocket casts everywhere but stitcher unfortunately to our u.s listeners yes um, i believe that's that. a u.s only uh platform but uh, we are available i think on around about a dozen different platforms now so do uh, find us anywhere you find easiest um and of course our patreon at the bottom of the description still up and running if you want to donate five pounds a month we will do one podcast a month for you on anything you like in the meantime i have been callum hughes i have been david Shopland. thank you very much for listening cheers guys bye <laughs>